0: Hi Emily. <laughs> Hello Stevie. How are you today? <laughs> I am good. How are you? I am good. That's a lie. That was <laughs> a lie. How are you like actually I'm, today? Like I'm I'm like I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. good but you know. <laughs> How have you been feeling today? I've been feeling okay. I went and bought myself a fruit necklace As because you I was feeling bad. Right. But can I tell you what I made for dinner? Yeah. You're going to be so proud of me. Oh, my God. Tell me. So I made – back when my diet was very restricted, um, I would make – I had to make my own pesto, obviously, because it was dairy-free. Remind me, because I'm actually going to try to find that bakery that she got the <gasps> tofu pies from when she lived in New York. Because how many places – like sell, sell that, you oh know what I mean? If, so I feel like it'll be if we get okay. We need to give context for people, so because okay. we just jumped into that one. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's a quote that I, we've definitely posted on this podcast before, where Jillian, yeah. um, she's on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and she brings um, her a tofu <laughs> pie, and she got it in New York. So if we find the place, we'll. We'll eat a tofu pie said, live on on the pod. I was actually thinking we would. We would just taste it. That would be so. Because fun. the whole thing is, is like she used to buy them when she lived in New York, and that fact is very special to me because she lived on the street that I used to live on. I know. Can you believe it? That's so cool. I know you know. I'm telling everybody else. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> okay. You're so cute. Okay, I'm sorry. Can, can um. You make for dinner. So. I, um, but obviously there's no basil right now, right. so, um, Why is I it did, because it, it doesn't grow in the winter months. Oh, <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never experienced winter because the ground is frozen. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, so I did, um, this like weird black, um, black bean spaghetti, mm um and then i made um i just um substituted the basil for uh kale and spinach and then i did everything else the same so i added like lemon juice garlic nutritional yeast and water and olive oil wow this is a food podcast now that sounds that sounds really good and it smelled really weird because obviously it was like all, you know, I mean, kale and spinach smell weird. Yeah, But kale it especially. tasted really good. Oh, my God. Um, I did that. And then I made myself salmon. Oh, hell yeah. Look at you. Was it kicking and, and rat salmon then, or just normal salmon? No, it was just normal salmon because um, like Jillian, I go zero to a hundred and a hundred to zero and right back up to one hundred. Yes. So uh last week I was um feeling like a piece of shit and I my diet was not great and so now all of a sudden I'm not eating any sugar anymore and I'm not eating dairy and I'm not eating anything bad for me. It's going well. I'm drinking ginger tea every morning and drinking green tea at night cuz it's anti-inflammatory. Look at you. Look at you. And hey, as long as you're nourishing yourself in some way, it's all that matters. Um and then I made um I put some cut up sweet potato and and uh little tiny bell peppers mm. in a little tray, and that was it. and I ate them all at, all at separate times because time management management as I'm cooking is still something I'm working on. It's so like I just want to eat like the second I start cooking. like I don't mm-hmm. want to, like any of the waiting time. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I want to eat. <laughs> Yeah. And my kitchen's very, very small. So I can't even like, usually I'll listen to something or I'll watch something. Mm -hmm. But, uh, today I wanted to watch sex education. And so I was precariously balancing my computer on Uh. different surfaces, (laughs) uh, in my kitchen. I love that. I'm so proud of of you. That's amazing. That sounds so good. And like, I started cooking at six o'clock and like, now it's eight o'clock and I'm already done and cleaned up and Oh my god, I'm so fucking proud of you. That's so rad. That's what I mean when I say, you know, like I'm I'm kinda kinda struggling, but like uh It was an okay day. It was an okay day. Really? Just mentally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy today was okay. How was your day? Um, it was okay. <laughs> um I so where we are in recording, it's just like two days after the Um, announcement of the murder of a woman in the uk um and so it's just prompted like now not all men is fucking trending on twitter and like no it's no tall men oh silly me (laughs) anti-tall men anti-tall men fuck a tall man literally (laughs) literally (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not gonna fly on this that's no one's gonna believe that (laughs) i mean you know how i hate tall men especially lanky ones oh the worst the worst kind with bad ties, they're just the worst. Ew. yeah, with yeah. like good hair. Yeah, who wants yeah. that? Who wants that? Dang. Oh, but just like when things like this happen and people on the internet—I'm not even talking about the bad, like the stupid fucking men that are on there being like, "I don't rape women." I'm not talking about those guys. <laughs> um, but like the the women that come together and start to share their stories and post is really powerful. But it's kind of a lot. Um, to take in at times so I have just absorbed a little too much social media and need to do some nice things for me tonight maybe journal take a bath watch shows that make me feel happy disconnect for a bit yeah all those things because um talk to me talk to you about some alien show um (laughs) because I mean we were I was we were debating having a serious conversation about it. So, and I said, I know I said, I didn't want to, so <laughs> I don't mean to get into it, but. It's, no, but whatever's coming out is what's coming out. And I think that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I found, I found what was difficult was just, there's a lot of like dualities happening because while it was incredible to see all of these women coming out, it's almost like, I wish that it didn't, I wish that that didn't need to happen. I know. It, yeah, it's so exactly like, how I feel. But like there, there's, there's – I 100% support every single woman who said something because she made the choice to. Yeah. But there's something deeply upsetting and unsettling about the fact that these women are feeling, some of them at least, or there's an undertone. In some of them that I've seen, where I feel like these women feel like they are simultaneously coming out and saying something traumatic that's happened to them, which is incredibly, incredibly brave, whilst also feeling like they have to make a point. Yeah. To prove something to the men who are more committed to proving that they are a good guy rather than helping us dismantle this systemic issue. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I know like, I feel a really strange, like a a weird concoction of feelings to where I feel simultaneously, like I really want to share and like join in on that community of women and talk about my experience and, and those things. And then I also really don't want to, and I, and I want, and I, I don't, it's, it's like, I well, it's like, why can't you just believe – like, why yeah. can't you just believe us? And, and I feel so conflicted. Seven percent of women report some sort of sexual harassment at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. 97%. Yeah. Like – Like, I don't understand. That's why it feels frustrating that, like, women have to be – and then, like, God forbid you go and read the responses to some of these yeah. women. That's, I think, where I was getting into yeah. – spirals about like i could just it's like a hole that you can go through and once Absolutely. you find the bad replies you just find more bad replies and it's easy to and it, get it seems into like that. And it seems like it's all of it exactly and it's not but i know i did end up posting something small on my personal twitter um did you i did something small that i felt like was a, a mix of sharing and contributing to the conversation and making a point um it was incredible Thanks. I think I just feel stuck because. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but I think I just feel stuck because it's like I it's a really strange like really intense desire to share and really intense desire to not like both yeah. existing at the same time and I can't figure out I like I mean you know I struggle with this a lot. I know I talk to you about this often but it's like if I can't find the root of a feeling I I hate it. I I like need to figure out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling as like Mm -hmm. a coping mechanism. And so if I can't, if I'm feeling some way and I can't, don't really have an explanation for it, but I'm feeling it, I definitely feel like I'm floundering and struggling. And so, um, not being able to verbalize why I feel these two contradicting feelings so intensely is, um, something I'm trying to sit with and not have to diagnose, but that's definitely an uncomfortable place for me. Um, I saw this TikTok the other day and this woman like posted a video of herself like very like not violently but like shaking very mm-hmm. badly and just kind of like trying to like get her breathing under control and some man uh like do edit it or whatever or, like posted with it mm-hmm. and was basically like cuz she didn't know what was ha- like why it was happening and this guy basically was like and it reminded me of what we've talked about which is what you just said, which is that basically there are things in our life that trigger certain things. Genius, and um, <laughs> that's on the merch. <laughs> yeah, and that our body reacts the way that it does because it's been like like something is something is is happening. Like something has triggered our fight or flight or whatever it is or a feeling of uncomfortable of of being uncomfortable Mm. and obviously he said it more you can cut this part out because it really was just for you but he Mm. said it more eloquently but he was basically like you don't have to know what the root is you don't have to know what the source is just trust that your body is having your body or your mind whatever it is is having this response and like that's all you need to know yeah, I mean that's a, I mean that's definitely something I try to remind myself and be like, it's okay just to let my body feel whatever it's feeling. I've worked, I've truly worked through a lot of my emotional triggers in terms of my trauma, and I and I continue to work at that really actively, and I have been for years now. But um, there are still and triggers that manifest physically, mm-hmm. um, that and so. Just like being on social media and seeing every other post being when I was 18, when I was 15, when I was 25, like, and, and, and wanting being simultaneously so, um, inspired by these women who are just standing in their strength and sharing their stories and, and, and healing and working from it and coming together and also being absolutely repulsed and not wanting to even read it. And, and, um. I know the space is still being held, even if I am not personally reading people's stories. But um, it's just an interesting to to be feeling two such contradicting things so intensely. But such is life. This this isn't the first time I've experienced like this happened with with Brett Kavanaugh, with the Me Too. Whenever there's been a research like this. Um, Yeah. Well, I think too. Like I know for me, there's that aspect of it, and then there's another conflicting duality of of the horrible reality of how many women have experienced this. Yeah. Coupled with, um, the absolutely vile reactions of men. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it's like that, those two things compounded by each other, um, is not a great mix I've found for me. Because yeah. um, the same thing happened to me during Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. Mm-hmm. It was equally triggering and equally unsettling to see um, Dr. Ford testify. I and, didn't watch it. Yeah. Explain. I, had, I watched it in class. Ooh. Oh, fuck. That's <laughs> hard. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, being moved and being upset by Dr. Ford's testimony- And then just the reality surrounding it, the fact that she had to testify in front of six men, the fact that she um, was being questioned about what she was doing there, why she didn't remember how she got home, despite the fact that she answered 90% more of the questions asked of her than Brett Kavanaugh did, um, and that the only thing she couldn't remember was how she got home fucking understandably i don't know what i had for dinner last night like much less when you're talking about a memory with a trauma interlaced with like so it was like it, it feels very much so the same it feels like one all of these traumas being recounted and then on top of that the reactions of men um that are just wholly inappropriate and wholly unhelpful and um perpetuate the issue even more yeah um and and our proof as to why the issue is as bad as it is Mm -hmm. exactly like (laughs) and i don't mean to make it seem like this fucking murder is about me like jesus like that's somebody's no life that's not no the aftermath has just had me um very introspective for sure for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and very grateful for this space that you and i have carved out with each other that feels so safe and with so many other amazing people so thanks for being a part of this space with us um yeah this will be the last serious thing we say on this whole episode (laughs) okay um do you want to do a question first i lied we're gonna do a question and then (laughs) yeah but the question is the question is fun is that a question more of like a conversation starter slash advice uh request yes okay Uh, So this person said, I was wondering if you had any advice about mental health and sexuality slash relationships? I know it's the pandemic, so that kind of fucks everything up more. I'm a lesbian neurodivergent and have a really tough time with bad mental health. And I've also been getting more confident in my sexuality and thinking about relationships. I have no relationship or dating experience and would really like to pursue that. But sometimes it just feels like I'm too unstable and depressed for that to ever be a possibility, which kind of makes me spiral into questioning whether I do ever really want a relationship sex and instead I'm just arrow or ace or if it's just my mental health bringing me down and thinking that way as it's just extra hard to keep connections with people best podcast ever heart best listener ever heart best listener ever heart <laughs> um, my like truly the only advice I have on this is is um, I'm sure you'll have more insight on the terms of like questioning identity and things like that but what I wrote was that um it's okay not to know any of those things right now, like where you're at in your life. And the more that you continue your self-worth and especially right now, like Jesus um, you're in unprecedented territory and like, and then also just life. And it's just like, regardless of what's happening in the world, it's hard to be sure of all these things about yourself. So it's okay not to know. And the more that you do um, self-worth and self-growth and just work on um, yourself, I sound like Jillian being like for myself <laughs> and just <laughs> work you can be on- be so relaxed and then you're relaxed and then, and then you're relaxed. relaxed. And then you're, relaxed. Um, the and more then you're that, relaxed. The more that you like work on your mental, your just health in general, physical and mental. Um the more clear these things will start to become. And so just be patient with yourself. Don't expect yourself to have all the answers right now. Yeah. And I think too, like the biggest thing that I've found is that you have to decide whether or not you're wanting to pursue dating, which it sounds like you are. um, And you have to make that decision for you, not on how you're going to be perceived in the dating world by others. So if you're feeling ready, then you're ready. Mm-hmm. And um, worrying about how others – or whether or not others will be able to, like, quote-unquote, handle mm. you is nonsense, okay? Yeah. Oh my God. Being as loud and as chaotic and as fun and as you as, like, you can possibly be is, like, half the fun of – living yeah and And especially dating yeah and it's like it's nobody's job to handle you but yourself you're the only one who has to handle you and the only thing anybody else has to do is experience the is is enjoy the the privilege of getting to experience you well that's the thing and it's like I came up with a little metaphor would you like to hear it yes I love your metaphors okay go piss now I don't even know if it's a metaphor (laughs) it's something (laughs) An analogy? And simile? Do you use like oh, or as? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, so just be as much of you as you possibly can be. Um, welcome the people who love it all so much. They get bigger pants into your life. And for those who don't, let them choke on it. So it's poetry. No, that's what it was. Okay. That was so good. And like, here's the thing. If you get out there... And realize, hmm, maybe I'm not as ready as I thought. Pull back, reassess. Nothing is permanent, especially not this. Yeah, it's not like a you once you start dating, that's we are stuck doing it, and this is what you have yeah. to do. Like you can go back any time yeah. and change who you're wanting to date, change what you're wanting to do. Yeah, and just like keep on, like Stevie said, keep on working on yourself so that you can re-enter or go forth as um as you, as, as you, as you, grounded in you as, as much as you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I don't want to use the word because I think that there's um, an issue with people being like, well, you can't love other people until you love yourself. That's not true. not believe in. Mm-hmm. No, no, you no. Know, it's that people say nobody will love you until you love yourself as well, which is. Exactly. Um, I, th- I believe that you need to love yourself first it's like the oxygen mask analogy but um so i I stray away from saying like you know you have to fix yourself before you go into the dating world because that's a fine line because you're never there there is no goal like there is no end line there's no finish point things just become clearer and clearer Clearer. there's no yeah if you try to achieve that you'll be at it forever and nothing will ever happen and you won't seize the moment let, ew I hate that. But you won't yeah. like, you know, be very comfortable presenting the world with the best of you that you think is possible. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that you have to make the decision for yourself. Um, and if you realize that like being out there isn't great for your mental health, then like take a week off, Go take back a couple in. Of days <laughs> off. Yeah, like recoup. Um, create a, create a boundary around like what maybe triggered something, um, or what made you feel like kind of yucky and like things that you didn't like. Again, that's not to say that like the version of you that you feel most comfortable with will be your best self because it won't be, um, no one is perfect and we're all works in progress. And like I said, if we waited until we were perfect to do things, we, no one would do anything. Mm-hmm. Having said that, while you shouldn't wait for that, um, you should abso- absolutely be doing the work that you need to do to heal so that you don't you know, further harm yourself or harm others. Yeah. Because I know quite a few men who mm. uh, absolutely should not be dating yes. anyone. Uh, but as long um, as you have that awareness and it seems like you do just by the nature of the question, then you're good, babe. Yeah. And I say that because often, like especially – um, as women and non-binary people, when we're at our lowest and we try to seek validation or attraction or um, approval or whatever it is from other people, mm-hmm. the version of ourselves that we're that we are presenting to other people is like us on a clearance rack. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and I think I've told you this before, which is like you deserve to be behind the counter behind the glass display mm. because you're a fucking prize. Yeah, it's true. Right. And when we are feeling at our lowest, we tend to settle and we tend to um, sell ourselves short. Um, so in terms of like you questioning your identity, um, I think like CV said, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. And either way, it's totally cool. I think um, in analyzing that, like you said, it's, it's so, so important to, um, to consider a couple of things I think mm-hmm. which is that we're in a global pandemic so mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of time to overthink <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a lot of time to like go out and practice and indulge in the life that you want mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing too is like we place a huge huge emphasis on partnered um, relationships and partnered sex and so if you are not wanting that or you're comfortable um, not wanting that at a certain point or not wanting it ever um, that can feel very wrong. And it can feel like that shouldn't be something that you trust yourself with make that, that, that shouldn't be a decision that you trust yourself with making mm-hmm. um, just because of the emphasis that is placed on partnered, everything yeah. totally valid that you're questioning that. Um, and I think the third thing is like, if you know it's hard to keep connections with people, just communicate that. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no shame in just communicating where you're at. Yeah, to the extent that you're comfortable with sharing.: Absolutely, because not only will that cancel out all the people who don't deserve access to your energy, but it will also take so much anxiety off the table mm-hmm. for you, knowing that like if the connection is lost, like it's all good. Mm-hmm. And like dating is fun. And that's kind of the end of it. How people will perceive you is not for you to carry mm-hmm, at all. Not at all. Um, that's great. Because you are, you are who you are. And whether that evolves or not, um, if you want to start dating, only entertain people who see you exactly the way that you are and celebrate you that way while supporting you in any growth that may come. I could have said it better myself. So if that was helpful. We love you. Should we get into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This is season two, episode 21? 22? It's 21. 21. That's oh, right. Okay. This is season two, episode 21. It's called Cal- Caluseri. They say it prettier than I do. It's Romanian. Um. Mm. So I wrote, my first note was, wow, I have no recollection of this episode. This should be fun. And then... Right after that, I wrote, oh, I remember. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> so we open on a train going choo-choo and a very upset little boy <laughs> named Charlie watching. Um, he's there with his mom, his dad, and his little brother. So his dad brings them over some ice cream. Fucking dads trying so hard just to throw a fucking temper tantrum. Um, and the baby tries to grab the ice cream and he lets go of his balloon he was holding on to. I don't know who said it was a good idea to give a baby a balloon, but whatever. Um, then the baby falls and cries. So the dad takes Charlie's balloon. The baby <laughs> eats shit. The baby <laughs> eats shit. <laughs> Literally. Um, and so the dad takes the bigger kid Charlie's balloon and gives it to the baby to try to get him to stop stop crying. Charlie is like, Hey, that was my balloon. And his dad is like eat your fucking ice cream and he says no and then mom and the baby go to the bathroom <laughs> but he's real mad about it and they argue about a balloon and then the fucking dad throws away the ice cream because he throws a temper tantrum which just like that triggered me like him being like thought this was gonna be a good day throwing it in the me dad. too <gasps> no I mean, one in one inconvenience now the whole day is ruined that kind of trauma one minor <laughs> inconvenience and the whole day's ruined so, the mom and the baby go to the bathroom. She literally hooks the baby to the sink so she can... In, um, in what world? Why didn't she leave it I with have the seen, father? I have seen women um, bring their children into dressing rooms smaller than that stall. Yeah. I don't know. Like... It was written by men. <laughs> that's true. They're like, yeah, they didn't just, like, fish hook them here. That's normal, yeah. right? So, the balloon, like, floats out the door and then... Um, teddy the baby is looking at it like me nee. um and then <laughs> the mom comes out and baby's gone um and i cannot imagine that kind of panic like this is actually really horrifying so that the baby to, um that happened to my aunt when we were we went to like a water park when i was younger mm-hmm. and i have three cousins and um and my one my youngest cousin like just disappeared mm-hmm. and my aunt was like freaking the fuck out yeah. my mom ran into the men's bathroom to look for her how old was she she was probably like eight like seven or eight. Oh my god it's horrifying i think and like my cousins were sobbing and like oh, and that's then dramatic. i know and then all of a sudden she just appeared and she was like i was up on the slide i was waiting in line <laughs> am i in <laughs> I've definitely done that to my mom before like I have memories from when I was little to where like I wandered fucking off and did something I came back and she's like fully panicked and I'm like what I was just eating dirt in the corner yeah literally I know. Um, so the baby's following the balloon towards um, the train track Um, Charlie the older brother is watching looking all creepy Um, and long story short the baby gets hit by a train in front of the whole family like this is one of the most awful beginnings I think of the whole show I also find it hard to believe that like a child that young would get that far would get that far in a crowded place like it fell on its face multiple adults that's what i mean i know so like why you're telling me that an infant this small was just wandering around and no one found that peculiar and it's so fucked up that the inciting incident of this episode wow that was a grammar that just came from like (laughs) <laughs> sophomore year of high school the, i just find it really odd that the inciting incident of this episode is literally a, a two-year-old getting hit by a train I'm like what And like everyone watching everyone i was oh so awful like how's the driver of that toy train doing i know like jesus christ <laughs> um Oh my god, it's horrible. So, cut to our agents. Um, Mulder is explaining the case to Scully. Uh, he says the coroner's inquest was held because of the weird circumstances of the case. He also said because the father worked in the State Department, which seems like capital P privilege, but they're like, oh, he's an important white man? We'll look into this more carefully. Yeah. So the coroner called Mulder after his inquest because he was disturbed by the case and this photo. Um, I think we're all disturbed by a two-year-old dying. Thank you. So Mulder says the helium balloon in this picture isn't going up. It's going away from Teddy horizontally. And Scully cleverly replies, did you learn about wind in kindergarten? Two things. One is like the second she came on the screen, for some reason, it was so close up. I just literally clutched my chest. (laughs) I was just... (gasps) Anyway. (laughs) Second thing is that um, it's really funny to me that Mulder thought that he like, wasn't going to fall in love with Scully because not only is she smarter than him. So like everything that he doesn't know or that he miss- that he messes up or that he misses, um, she's right there to correct him and be Google mm-hmm. because she's just brilliant. But she also does it with, um, this incredible wit And she tries to make him laugh. I know. And I just think that that's neat. It is neat. So apparently Mulder contacted the National Weather Service and they said that on the day Teddy died, the wind was blowing north, but the balloon was actually moving south in this picture. Whatever. This doesn't seem like enough to go off on, but go off, I guess. Um, so Mulder introduces a man named Chuck to Scully, who can analyze photos, but, like, fancily, I guess. Um, so Scully seems very sus of him, but the photo analysis shows a concentration of electromagnetic energy pulling the balloon. Um, Mulder then shows her the hook that Teddy's mother used to tie him to the bathroom sink, which then Scully responds with, I've seen some pretty slippery two-year-olds, and I... Which... (laughs) Why does she say it with, like, a cadence as if she's talking about their two-year-old? I know. She really I says know. it as if it's, like, some inside joke between the two of them. It, I know. I know. It's, it's as if she was, like, remember that one time Mulder was in the tub with William and he put so much soap <sighs> on him? that when Scully got home from work, she walked in on Mulder sliding him through his hands and plopping him back into the water while he laughed. And then when he turned around, they had matching shampoo mohawks. I hate you so much. (laughs) Oh my God. So Mulder says that they investigated that too and found it was physically impossible for the kid to reach around and free himself. So, cut to the Holvey residence. Mulder and Scully come very late, which seems odd, but whatever. Like, they come at night. Like, that was just yeah. weird. Um, every every scene of them in, in this person in these people's house uh, is feels off. Everything. Yeah. Every scene. It's so strange. This whole episode feels off. Um, yeah. So, we see an old woman watching them from the window, and she looks very unhappy that they're there. Um, So Mulder and Scully talk to Teddy's parents. The mother, Maggie, is understandably very upset um, because there's already been a formal inquest and like how traumatizing to have to rehash the trauma of her two-year-old dying in front of her again. Um, Mulder says that they're investigating the possibility that Teddy may have been um, helped onto the tracks, which is, again, so traumatizing. So the other little boy, Charlie, appears in the hallway listening. And when he does, like the fire gets bigger. It's all very swoopy um (laughs) then charlie sees something or somebody like calls to him and he disappears up the stairs and scully our smart observant baby sees this and peeks around to investigate um and she sees the old woman uh writing something onto his hand so we zoom in and we see it's some kind of symbol i say some kind of symbol it's a swastika but they talk about later how it's not a swastika it's a one of the other meanings for the symbol it is but it is it is but it isn't you know (laughs) um so Scully pops back into the room and asks if Mrs. Holvley had any hired help. Um, and she says no, but her mother came to live with them when Teddy was born to like, help out. Um, so Mulder asks if around the time Teddy was killed, if they had noticed like, um, things like moving by themselves, odd objects appearing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then suddenly the smoke detector goes off. And then when the dad goes to fix it, the power goes out. <laughs> So the lights come back on, and the old woman is like there in the room with Charlie, and she's yelling in Romanian. Um, And it seemed, I wrote, it seems like she's yelling some form of devil. And then I was right, and I was like, yeah. This scene, out of context, is really funny. Like, and I find, and I note that about the kitchen scene later on, too. Because it's like, there's almost like too much happening at once. (laughs) Like, people with ulterior motives in one room yeah um so at this point Mulder sees the symbol on the boy's hand then the woman yells in english you marry the devil you have devil child so so that's fun (laughs) you yelling at me because i've married a man (laughs) i know i was gonna say i say later on that this the grandma referring to her husband as the devil she's pretty spot on I, i she's not wrong so, cut to the office. Mulder is researching the symbol. Yes. I had to rewind this part when they cut to the office mm-hmm. because I wanted my eyes to be betraying me, right? Oh my God, what? Unfortunately, they were not, I don't think. Oh my God, what? On the cork board behind Mulder, mm-hmm. there's literally a magazine cut out of like half naked women. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is hanging in his behind office him? At work? Like, do you. Welcome back to women 100% walked into this office and thought, yes, this oh is a place God. where I will be respected. You can't have that in your place of work. Like, but- it's just so, it's just so, yeah, but he's quirky. So that symbol, it, it's a swastika, but it's also known as a. Uh, gamadian gamadian or a file fought. i fucked that up but there's something like that um which is an ancient symbol used for protection or good luck scully's like yeah i saw the woman drawing it on him and Mulder's like didn't you think that's weird and she's like no i think he needs all the help he can get but not from ghosties or beasties So, Scully thinks it's Munchausen by proxy, which is um, when a parent or a caretaker brings harm to a child by inducing fake medical symptoms. Um, And Teddy's medical, or not inducing fake ones, but inducing the medical symptoms, like making their kids sick, things like that. Um, So, Teddy's medical history shows that he was in the hospital once every three months from when he was born, always vomiting and with diarrhea. And no one ever questioned it because the family moved around a lot and it takes time for medical records to transfer, et cetera. Um, So Scully checked out Charlie's medical records too. And he had been having health issues since Teddy's birth um, when his grandmother moved in. She says often the perpetrator of Munchausen by proxy will view the child as evil. And so the old woman would be a likely suspect. So our babies go down to the state department um, and even though I know this explanation was wrong, I like that they actually investigated and don't immediately disprove Scully like they usually do. Mm-hmm. Like they actually like, okay, like Mulder like took it seriously instead of him being like, nah, it's a ghost, you know? hmm Um, so at the State Department, they question the father. He talks about how he met Maggie, his wife in Romania, and how her mother always hated him and thought he was the devil. She's, I doubt that she's wrong. Um, well, it's like very fair because I would also be... I would also be suspect of a white man coming to Romania and then running away with my daughter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the strangeness started when the grandmother moved in. Superstitions that um, that's what he calls them, but they could also simply be called religious practices, but whatever. Um, ruled her life, apparently. And she would like spit when people complimented the kids, pour hot water over the threshold to ward off demons, tie red strings around the kids' wrists, etc. Um, I guess one day she even threw chicken guts off the roof. Who cares? I was just going to say I really liked how Scully is sitting across from this man at the desk and Mulder is like the side piece sitting back on the couch. I know. I love that, too. So then the kids start getting sick and the father says that um, the grandmother will call Charlie evil right to his face, but then also dotes on him like she's either afraid of him or for him. So Scully then drops the child abuse accusation and the father says that he's wondered if the grandmother snuck into the bathroom and let Teddy out that day. And I'm like, well, if he fucking wondered that, I feel like that would have been brought anyways. But that also seems like, that seems like a little, um seems like a little bit of a, uh, um, that seems a little suspect to me. Yeah. I would suspect the father after that. He seems a little hysterical. I think if- so. He's too emotional. And- yeah he seems like that's kind of like that's crazy <laughs> like he's crazy for thinking that the oh it's the grandma's fault okay okay go bag says she wants to interview charlie with the professional counselor um so cut to the house and maggie is freaking out understandably about like all of this um and scully sees the grandmother put something in charlie's food and she's like what was that but they just kind of ignore it um this whole scene is so chaotic it's again it's all of them in the same room it's too many people with like different things going on like there's too much um the father convinces maggie and they get in the car um in the garage to meet Mulder and scully out front so the garage button won't work so he gets on a letter to a letter so he gets on a ladder to try to fix it and the system malfunctions his tie gets stuck and he hangs and dies while teddy watches screaming locked inside the car Like this episode for having a this episode has a weird lighthearted tone for being so traumatic. <clears throat> Those moments really come out of nowhere too. They really do. They come out of fucking nowhere. We we have to um we have to talk about when Mulder and Scully go like see him. Um, oh, when they see him hanging. And run out of for their car because Scully running in her heels. <sighs> That's I like that. I like that image. I like that for you. <laughs> I also like that she was the one who saw it because she is a better actor so like you get the how heavy it actually is because it's her face that we see first. She like literally says it and then but like by the time she says it David's already halfway out the car. No. They find the altar in the grandmother's room. There's a dead chicken on the table, some candles, all that jazz. Maybe they were cooking. Jesus. I mean I didn't know that Julie Anderson was in Practical Magic. <laughs> i didn't know we were watching practical magic i wish we were you know what when you get to this point in the episode stop put on practical magic so scully sees the grandmother get home with a bunch of old men she's she's a hustler she's like come on boys they're all there <laughs> she's like yeah come up to my room She's like, fuck, someone died again? What am I supposed to do with all these guys? Who's going to <laughs> The grandma is not doing anything suspect. She's just having orgies in her room. <laughs> so Scully, when she walks into the garage and she sees Mulder up on the ladder. Mm-hmm. But she liked that angle. Oh, I'm sure she did. She was like, look at them cheeks. <laughs> she was like, wait, what are you doing up there? Cut to Mulder getting some ash at the crime scene. It's everywhere. He says <laughs> he's going to have it analyzed. <laughs> um, Scully says they need to get Charlie out of the house. And Mulder is like, oh, you still think it's Munchausen by proxy? And she's like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Um, I think so- they both I think they both like saying Munch- Munchausen by proxy. I do as well. That's why I wrote it so many times. <laughs> um, then the garage opens without any of them touching it. And she's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, that's a look into their marriage. <laughs> God, what did you do this time? just he watched her break. She's like, what did you do? He's like, nothing. I was in the living room. That's really funny. So the garage the, door. The, re- the remote falls off the couch next to her. <laughs> she screams upstairs. Mother! So, yeah. So the garage door opens um, and then Charlie is standing there with his grandmother looking all eerie. Um, and then the grandmother yells at them to leave. <laughs> She's like, it's orgy time. Why would you ever want those two to leave? Who who could say? Um, like why would like why would you ever be in their presence and be like get, get out. out, get out of here? So cut to the babies in the office. <laughs> um, the ash contains nothing organic or inorganics. So according to technicians, it doesn't exist. Me too. Tag yourself on the ash, not existing. <laughs> okay, well then I'm also the ash. <laughs> so they take it to the photo guy guide- Took, um from the beginning for some reason because he also does this um and he says that he hasn't seen that stuff since he was in india (laughs) i was like "Mm, you travel i also love right before they go to see him that um it it transitioned from um scully saying where are you going to where are we going that was very sexy of them that was you're right um So apparently this is holy ash, but technically it's in a pore or something like that, which is something that materializes out of thin air. So Scully is like, no, no, that only happens in parables. And then Chuck is like, oh, no, I've witnessed it. And she's like, oh, a shame you didn't take a photo. You could have run it through your computer and seen the whole Last Supper. And Mulder laughs in a way that's like, this is why I'm in love with you. And she looks up at him like, you're going to have to fucking make this up to me big time later. And it's just, like, so much in one moment with Chuck in the room. I can see the way she looks up at him so clearly in my little brain. This is a par- perfect parallel to what we just saw in Dotcom, mm. But roles are reversed. And this is exactly like mm. their, um, for lack of a better word, Florida. mating calls. Mating calls. Okay? Yeah. So... Mulder tries to flirt with Scully he literally can't even look her in the eye (laughs) right yes even though she's like begging for him to look right yeah she's like begging for him to look at her Scully on the other hand never breaks looks into his soul not only looks into his soul looks up from under her eyelashes up at him it's bold doesn't even blink she doesn't bat an eye okay yeah And she sticks the landing of the flirt, first of all. And second of all, the confidence with which she says that joke. Again, another example of why she's the perfect woman and she made the perfect joke. Perfect joke. Is because we have immaculate wit, right? Mm -hmm. She's quick. She's smart. Yes. The confidence, of course. But also, she mocked his stupid little computer Mm-hmm. Like she managed to diminish his confidence as a man, and yeah. everything he's ever created. Like yes, ruin his life, make him know he's not special. <laughs> it's iconic. Like ruin both of these men's lives in front of you. I know that's so hot of her. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, Mulder. Like literally, I think there was something something twitched. Something twitched. That's the title. All of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> full body twitch. <laughs> Yeah, they I fuck for a minute. Um, and then right before she can finish, Chuck starts talking again. And Chuck is like, he's so fucking oblivious and he's talking about vi v- beauty. Vib beauty. Fuck, I could I thought I would be able to do this when I wrote them down, but I can't, apparently. Um, <laughs> if you watch the episode, they say it right. Is something that um I, I would hope. Yeah. Well, just <laughs> not always yeah, the case so you brilliant. never know. Um so that's something that's created during the presence of a spirit. Um, Or during bilocation, which is a phenomenon where a person's energy is transported to a different location. And Mulder's like, that's what could have opened the garage. And Scully's like, or someone could have hit the remote. Um, Especially considering the grandmother was standing right outside and the door opened randomly on them. Or there could could have been a fifth member of the orgy who pressed the button. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Um, so cut back to the house people are chanting in romanian charlie is listening outside the door while the grandmother does some sort of ceremony with the other men it's not an orgy yet we don't know where it's going um charlie does not look like he's doing well he's very sweaty and pink um like a little pig uh then in the center of the ceremony there's a ghost charlie yelling in romanian um so harry potter oh duh so then all of a sudden scully's therapist comes to the door and she's the social worker they called um and she tells maggie that she's there to make a report for the courts um and she comes in and charlie starts like moaning for his mom and they go up and he's passed out and sweaty in the hall and she opens her mother's door and catches him doing the ceremony and kicks them all out um and then the social worker sees us, which all probably isn't great So Maggie also tries to kick her mother out, but she, um, instead, the grandmother grabs Charlie and locks herself in the room with him. Um, The social worker tells Scully the sitch, and I love that she only addresses Scully so that as they both run into the house. The social worker was, like, freaking the fuck out, which, understandably, she was just like, Agent Scully, I need your help. (laughs) It's like, please, this is not what my qualifications are. But she's got a rad mullet, which I'm into. Yeah, that's her therapist. You know that, right? That's her therapist? Yeah, that's what I said in the beginning. It's Scully's therapist. I love that. That's... I really like that. Who is consistently her therapist, both in Irresistible and in... Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's at the end of season four. Love it. Um, so, cut to the grandmother freaking the fuck out in the room with Charlie. Things are flying around. It's all very loud and hectic. Um, and then we see... Like, one, like, very afraid Charlie, and then all of a sudden we see Charlie, like, throwing chickens on her, looking very evil. Um, so Mulder and Scully bust in, um, and the grandma is dead, and Charlie's just standing there all sweaty again. They do all their crime scene work. Mulder is, like, smelling shit. Um, and Scully comes in and says that Charlie remembers nothing, and that the coroner's report said that the grandmother died of a heart attack, but had wounds on her eyes that looked like they were pecked out. So Mulder says he found more of that ash underneath the woman's body and um, shows her mugwort, which I fucking had mugwort, which is a ceremonial herb, which is um, also some kind of, so he thinks it was some kind of protective ritual that was happening. So all of a sudden Maggie starts yelling, get out downstairs. And she's yelling at those old men. (laughs) I really ruined that. They're like, like very important characters. Um, she's yelling at those old men that the grandmother um, was working with and these men are apparently the calusari, and in romania they're responsible for the correct observance of sacred rites um, and they tell maggie that it's not over and that the evil is still there so molder chases after them like a fanboy, um, trying to ask them some questions but he gets like big time ignored um, and the man's Finally, when he talks to him before he gets into the car, he says that evil is here and that it has always been. And he says that if Mulder tries to stop them, the blood of whoever dies will be on his hands. So Mulder and Scully go back in to talk to Maggie. Um, And Maggie talks about the superstitions her mother believed and how she doesn't know what to believe now. Um, And at this point, I'm thinking about how Maggie is yet another woman whose life's been completely destroyed in one episode. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like the trauma that this woman has been put through between losing her child and then her husband and now her own her mother all well the last two within like a couple of days but all of them within like a couple of months yeah and then what we learn later on just compounds that but I'll leave that until we get there okay um yeah my god um so Maggie says that her mother was trying to cleanse the house of evil and that she thought Charlie was responsible somehow. And the speech really gets Scully because she's all teary listening to her talk. I just took a screenshot of Scully's face um, because she just looks so beautiful. Look, Yeah, looking at her just makes me smile so hard. Her freckles are so mesmerizing. Like, I really just want to trace them with my finger. Like, when she's, like, waking up or something or, like, falling asleep. No. Um... Also, the scene prompted me to feel like I needed to play um, Lips of an Angel. <laughs> lips of an Angel. So I could scream. <laughs> so I could scream. I and I also song. believe Mulder played this song and cried um, after Scully left. And I want to believe. And he tried dating somebody else. Oh, that song came sure on the radio for sure. And out. like sobbed in his office. Well, because like the whole song is like, if we're doing it in relation to them, it's like Mulder's dating somebody else, but Scully calls him, like, needing him. And this dude is like, um, you make it so hard to be faithful. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's um, reverse Scully's with somebody and he calls her and she's like... Yeah, I was going to say, but it's maybe the other way around. Yeah, so Charlie's... um. So they, they go and Karen, Scully's therapist, interviews Charlie um, and he just like loses it and he starts yelling that he wasn't there and that it wasn't him and it was actually Michael. And when he says Michael, Maggie like turns around and gasps and Scully's like, whoa, are you good? Um, and then Maggie says that they never told Charlie, but Michael was Charlie's twin that was a stillborn. We love just throwing some reproductive trauma into the mix just for flavor. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, and it's like what I said earlier, and now she's being told that her son is evil, and the stillborn baby she had is the cause of it. As as if it was her fault that she had a stillborn child and now is being punished for it? Like, what? Well, it just reinforces this show's obsession with making it seem as though pregnancy has to end in trauma and also the carelessness with which they shackle women with reproductive trauma yeah. and how that just seems to be never ending in this show. There's, there's a, uh, it's reproductive trauma. It's the, in the sense that there's a strong aside from the bo- the bodily. Okay. Julian, the mm-hmm. bodily violation that happens to multiple women, many women in the show. That is the crux of the show. Yeah. When for women who are abducted, um, so there's that, and then there's also just the narrative that um, trauma is inherent in pregnancy and childbirth. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Because we've seen that in Aubrey, we've seen that in Fearful Symmetry, Scully's entire fucking reproductive storyline is riddled with that, riddled, just riddled. Just riddled. And then Eve, obviously, yep. is all about that as well. It's so fucked up. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird, Uh, weird choice. It's a but- weird, like... that's a weird one to stick with to use on multiple occasions like it just doesn't all like topped off obviously by the fact that she's maggie's ultimately faced with the possibility of likely having to kill her own child yeah um which is just like when does it end seriously Um, so apparently Maggie's mother wanted to perform the ritual of separation to divide their souls when she found out that Michael was a stillborn. Um, but Maggie didn't want to because she probably just wanted to fucking move on. Like Jesus Christ. Um so then Karen, the therapist, starts yelling for their help. This poor woman. Like she's like, This is so much. Um, because like she's very easily overwhelmed. (laughs) And every time she gets overwhelmed, she just calls her Scully. It's really sweet, actually. Relatable. (laughs) It's Um, very relatable. So Charlie starts having some kind of seizure and Scully goes into full doctor mode, which is rad. He's just like raving on the ground. He's just like, his head pain. He's in a, he's like, don't hold him down. You have to let him rave. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally. (laughs) You can't control the beat. (laughs) So Charlie's in the hospital now and the doctor's trying to give him a shot, but he really doesn't want one. Um, And while this is happening, we see another him, which we assume is Michael, come out of the corner. Um, And he knocks the nurse out with a giant pole. And at this point, I'm like, where am I? You know, there's always a point in every episode where I question, did I take an edible before watching this? Always. Yeah. Um, so we see Maggie sleeping in the waiting room and Charlie wakes her up and says that he wants to go home, but he's like weird about it. You know, like, he's like, mommy. And she's like, what? <laughs> um, and she's like, bro, why are you up? And he's like, they said I can go home now, mommy. <laughs> so- he sounds like a let's play. Yes. He sounds like the doll and chingo. Oh he does. Let's have fun. Oh, no, no, no. Not even I'm not even the doll. He sounds like the, the girl. girl. Yeah. I yeah. want my popcorn, mommy. <laughs> now. <laughs> I want my records. Yeah, bitch. Me too. <laughs> oh. I hate that episode. The only thing that saves that. I hate that episode because I hate the mom. I don't like how the mom is afraid of the daughter. I don't like that She's either. She's like, okay, Polly, let's go. I we'll know. leave. right <laughs> now. Okay. Jesus Christ so they leave but maggie seems like sus about the whole thing like she knows something's up so cut to our babies chilling on one random stair ledge like i don't know why they keep going down these this flight of stairs and then going back up to this ledge to wait i'm like what do you guys why up there And it's just weird um and then and scully sees uh maggie leave with charlie through the window so they go back up to the room, but Charlie's there and is super sick looking, and the nurse is very beaten up, and she says that, like, there was two of them, and that like, one of them attacked her, whatever. So Mulder then says, basically, that Maggie left with a ghost, so he sends Scully by herself to the house to take care of it while he, quote-unquote, gets help. I will say, because I watched the next episode, too, I, will, I do like the, um, the narrative of Scully being sent into the center of the action, and- too. And Mulder staying back and getting help. Love that. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, me too. So Maggie's making Ghost Boy some food. Um, he's being (sighs) fucking weird because he's a Ghost Boy. (laughs) That mac and cheese looks so good. Oh my god. Oh, I want mac and cheese. I might make some vegan mac and cheese when we're done. Ooh. Annie's? Mm, Yeah. Maggie's making him some mac and cheese. He's being a fucking freak. Uh, Ghost boy's asking all these fucked up questions that relate to Teddy's death. Like, can we go ride the train? Can I have a balloon? And I'm like, you fucking prick. Goddamn. <laughs> um, so Maggie goes upstairs and starts doing her own ritual. Um, and Michael comes in and Maggie uh, lifts up a knife at him and starts chanting. And then suddenly it's windy in the house. Um, So, Mulder apparently called the Calusari to come to the hospital, Um, and then Scully arrives at Maggie's house, and all the lights are off. This whole section is just, like, back and forth between the hospital and the house. When Scully gets to Maggie's house, there's a shot of her with her flashlight looking up at the ceiling, Mm -hmm. and I just have to say I'm a big fan of that angle. The Calusari start um, what seems like an exorcism, but I'm sure it has another name, Um, and Charlie starts freaking the fuck out and, like, growling. (laughs) There's just something about the act of holding down a child that feels wrong. Like I don't <laughs> wanna watch it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this part at all. No, I didn't enjoy any of this episode. Me either, but particularly <laughs> this. Particularly part. this. That's very fair. Maybe it's because I had to be held down in a hospital as a child. <laughs> Maybe. Why do you have to be held down? <laughs> Because when I was younger, I cut my chin open, like sliced it open. It's mm-hmm. really disgusting. Guess what it was on? A table. On the side of a car door. Ooh. Because I was just fucking. I was dancing. I had just gone to. That's why I uh, have a scar from dancing I, when I was little too. I had just gone to like a play or something in like third grade, mm-hmm. and um. My grandma picked me up from school, and I got out of the car, and I was like swinging, swinging my backpack around, and I got to the car, and I put my head down like that, and I sliced it on Ooh. the car door, <sighs> and, and it was like right near my, it was on my face, and so when I went to the hospital, I just remember them putting me on like a cold metal table, which is like, why not you- great, no, and. Um, I was so scared. I did not want them putting a needle that close to my face so I like wouldn't oh, yeah. sit still. Oh and, and that's they literally grab me down to the chair. <laughs> Yeah, that's traumatizing. So Mulder keeps looking at it and the men are like, You need to look away or he'll recognize you. Um, and so he looks away and the walls are melting, everything's fucking wild. Scully um, the first time she was about to work <laughs> Look away. <laughs> Don't look at me. Scully goes upstairs, um, and the windows completely blow out. She's like, fuck. Um, she looks around and she runs into Maggie's feet, dangling. <laughs> because, because Maggie is floating towards the ceiling, <laughs> chanting in Romanian. It's like, this doesn't even feel like the same show. Like, this scenario, she's, she's- being like, what the fuck? <laughs> She looked up. The door slams shut and Scully's like yelling for Charlie. And then Maggie says, Mommy. And Charlie's voice. Again, while floating towards the ceiling. Um, and then Scully gets thrown against the wall. And she starts being like pushed by furniture in the corner. She's like, oh shit. Um, and then back to the ceremony in the hospital. The walls are literally shaking. The bed is floating. Um... And the walls are oozing something. Yeah, the walls are, like, melting. And then all of a sudden, Charlie goes, no, stop, it hurts. And Walter's like, oh, my God. And they're like, he's trying to trick you. <laughs> I um, I had a, him immediately letting go when the kid is like, it hurts, is, like, very precious. Yeah. But it's also really funny because I can just imagine him having this is gonna hurt you again but i could just imagine him having to like put a band-aid or something on on a cut on william's finger and william being like "Ow, daddy because he knows he'll jump yeah because he he knows he'll stop and then molder like stops and he's like what and william just laughs and he's like i got you again and then Right before Michael literally stabs Scully, like he's coming at her with a knife. And all she does is like put her arm over her face. She's like, eh, no. I'm like That's what I don't understand. She's like she, a federal she could, agent. She would have like agent. fucking knocked his feet out from me exactly. <laughs> She was a federal agent and like also he's a child. Like she could've just was, kicked him. <laughs> like Scully would have just started fighting a child. Instead, she's like, oh, no. Um, and then, like, the ceremony... Ends. That would have been sweet. She swept his feet out from underneath. <laughs> Just roundhouse kicked She's like, fuck you. Um, really so then, right before he stabs her, they complete the ceremony and everything stops. Um, and where Michael was about to stab Scully, only Ash remains. Ooh. Um, everyone's super shook. <laughs> Scully and Maggie come back to the hospital. Everybody checks in with each other, and the old Romanian man says it is over now, but tells them that they must be careful because "quote it knows you." And that's fucking episode. Okay, I have no like. Here's some thoughts about. I have nothing for this one. This episode was just chaos. Yeah. Like, this episode felt like the scene in the kitchen where the grandma's putting some type of... of Didn't even movie. say what it was. Just something. <laughs> in in the stew. Uh, Scully's trying to figure out what it is so that she can put it in her own stew. Uh, the kid is sitting on a booster seat. Scully's like, hey, that's my booster seat. <laughs> Older's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm like why do I feel like the ceilings were incredibly low so Mulder's just kind of like the Ducking. big friendly giant in there Oh, Mulder's <laughs> like hey is there any extra mac and cheese and stars? That's, <laughs> that's, that's what this episode feels like and then mm-hmm. there's for some reason Maggie comes floating in with her feet <laughs> hitting Scully in the head <laughs> Scully turns around she hits her feet <laughs> she hits her feet she hits her face on a foot anyways do you want to do Jillian's Corner? Let's do Jillian's corner. Okay. Bada. Bada Jillian's, Jillian's corner. corner. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you like to say the ones that we got sent? Yeah, do you want to do those two first, and then we can end with? We're gonna do the song headcanoning thing again because because people seem to like it. So people seem to like it. We really like doing it, and everything is shitty right now. Yeah, and so we we were thinking about having a serious conversation, but um, we want to have fun instead. Yeah, rain rain check check on that. So (laughs) check us out next time. It will be more. This is fun though, and people liked it. So, and we got sent two requests for us to do this game too. So we're gonna start with All this. All right. Let's okay. So the first one I haven't listened to these because I wanted to listen to them fresh. Me either. Let's hear it. Okay. So. I'm excited. The first one is "Hey" by the Pixies. It's really that, it's that, it's that high-pitched car. Ooh. I know. Okay. What's yours? Go first. Okay. So my, I saw it very clearly, right? It took a second, but then it hit me like a freight train. All right? Okay. So for, it's, it's definitely like, I didn't think of time, I guess. I didn't either. It's so weird. I'm imagining the unremarkable house, but like them season i do that all the time i'm like let's just say what they're living together but they like, pretend look like they do season four okay so i guess <laughs> they don't i want to you know what i mean yeah i want to believe kay. i'll just say in the unremarkable house um maybe it's like a sunday morning Holy no 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 no, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's sunday like du- like um dusk okay like when like the sky is orange right mm-hmm um, and there's all of these really nice shadows coming into the house. And, like, the sun is kind of, like, reflecting off of things. But the sun is, like, yellowy, like, a very warm. They're in the kitchen. And it starts off and they just kind of start, like, very slowly dancing. But, like, Mulder's just behind her. Just kind of, like, a sway, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So they're um, listening to the song? Yeah. The song okay. is, like, playing. Yeah. Um, just starts off, like, very slow, sway, easy, like, Sunday. Yes. Dusk right, <laughs> um, and then she ends up on the counter and then they make their way damn I'm seeing against walls, maybe yeah. against the, the couch, especially with on that high pitched guitar it moves that exactly. 's what I mean on the stairs I'm not talking about like you know each n- yes they're just you know just they just move, yeah, like one of those Trying like movie style to to. like uh like uh what's it called like a montage of a make yes. like and they like, go through the house exactly. i like that a lot mine's not very different okay mine is like season four season five um it's like it's like the same time of day like probably a sunday like that same lighting like that really captures it really well like dusk yeah like warm like very yellow goldy light um coming through windows yeah golden hour that's exactly it um and scully's taking a nap like on top of her She's taking a nap on her bed, like on top of the like. She's not under the comforter or anything. Yeah, she's like yeah. on top, you know, like just resting for a minute. Mm-hmm. And she told Mulder to like. She knew Mulder was coming over for dinner. Let's say okay. And okay. so Mulder gets there. He has his own key, right? Okay. Um, right. He comes in and she has like on her little like radio or whatever. She's like mm-hmm. classical music playing, something very peaceful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just sleeping. He's like, oh, I don't want to wake her up. And he's like, no, no, I do. So he like. <laughs> he like puts in a different tape whatever like the next one was um and it's that song that comes on and he's like okay and so she like wakes up but she like pretends not to be awake like she realizes because okay. she heard okay. him come in like she woke up but right, she, right, did, right. she's not she's pretending to be asleep and so he like comes behind her and is like like you know like kiss it on her and like doing uh-huh. stuff with his hands like behind her and she's okay. like still pretending to be asleep and then at that part where the guitar like goes then she <laughs> turns it down i like that one those are good solid that's a good song thank you person no we got sent two really good ones wait till you hear the next one like those they're great and i dig the pixies thank you for reminding me that they exist um okay so this one this one came with the person sent a headcanon so should we just listen to the song and then and then do ours and then read theirs yeah yeah so this one's called therapy by mary j blige why would i spend the rest of my days unhappy what i spend the rest of this year alone stevie and i just made eye contact <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> my toes were like cramping i was I'm, so like, tense <laughs> i have mine and it's very similar to the one that they did because i just don't think it could be anything else i'm just gonna read my uh, theirs because i just agree with them Okay. Okay. So they said, "Okay, hear me out." Therapy by Mary J. Blige, but it's Mulder and Scully humming while making breakfast and saucily singing to each other. They end up burning breakfast with hearts. And I don't. I think it's dinner. And I think it's in "I Want to Believe." Um, and I think it's another version of the one that you just gave, just like a different vibe. I I, I initially went to that as well. Hit me with another one, please, because I maybe it's because I read that before we listened to the song, but like that's all I can see. No, 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 but that was what I initially thought as well. And I I, I haven't read that. So that definitely is the vibe. Mm. But then my silly little brain thought of something else, which was... I didn't think of an era, though. Fuck. I always just see... I feel like this was, like, season... See, I want to say season four, but I don't think enough has happened between them Mm. at that point. So maybe... I don't want to say I want to believe again, but maybe I want to believe... It, it fits really well. Or Revival, maybe. Okay. But like okay. Long-Haired Scully Revival. Yes. We don't acknowledge the other one. I don't know. Imagine any era you want. How about okay. that? Um, how about that? Like, how about... <laughs> um, any era you want, but like they've been through some shit together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, And they are in some house somewhere i don't whatever house apartment whatever scully's going down a molder there's a lot of um there's a lot of her looking it's a show she puts on a show for him okay that's all no further comment (laughs) yeah so it's either kitchen or that (laughs) it has to be (laughs) that's it that's that's it good (laughs) please send us more I think we might have gotten sent a playlist as well, but I haven't listened to that yet. Yes, on Instagram. Do you want to go first or do you want me? Um, I'll go first. Okay, does that mean you're going to give me the song or I'm going to give you the song? I'll give, I'll give you the song. Okay. Okay, if we do these quickly, can I do three? If we do them quickly, yeah. Okay, 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 ready? This is the first one. Okay. Wait, let me make sure my volume's up. You have to say what it's called. Okay, it's called Mary, Don't You Weep by <gasps> Prince. And it's the piano and a microphone. Uh, 1983 version. Shut Here the fuck up. I see. Okay, so my initial instinct was to say on the run, right? Because I feel like it has very on the run vibes. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's emotional, Um, but it would be be like on a jukebox or something like it would be like, it would be on some rotation and like a gross sticky bar in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like very much. That was definitely my first instinct. That's a good one Mm -hmm. though, with the bar, especially. Mm -hmm. But- I have a headcanon to this one, so I'm really excited to hear for okay. and I've had it for a very long time. Okay. Okay, don't don't tell me before I do it and then I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay. Okay, so I I think like um season three, which is a weird one specifically. Okay. Season three, and it's gonna be after her sister died, and she's like she like called him over because she can't sleep. Maybe she's a little bit drunk and she's really upset, but she like maybe not not drunk. I take that back because okay, consent things, but she's, like, upset, and he's, like, no, I don't want to, like, I can sit with you, but, like, I don't, she's, like, no, no, I want this, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. it's, and, and so it's, like, that kind of, like, it's very emotional for her, because she's, like, really desperate for the comfort, but also it's, like, they don't really know each other's like they don't know each other that well yet like sexually Mm -hmm. and so it's like kind of new so they're still like figuring it out so there's like that awkwardness of but it also being so emotional and just like wanting human contact like that's Mm -hmm. is that a good one that's a good one that's a good one yeah that's a good one okay tell me yours um, so the first time I heard that song I was immediately like this is made for Mulder and Scully and nobody else right um, my head canon has always been that that is played in some bar while they're on the run and they are just hot and heavy in the middle of a bar in the middle of nowhere that's so good dancing to it, it it's very like angsty and emotional and it's also yeah. like, kind of raunchy and like a yeah in, but like in a Emotional way, I don't know. Yeah. Mhm. Anyways. Okay, that was fun. That was a good one. Okay, so this song is called "All I Really Want" by Alanis Morissette. So I have two, right? Because okay. Alanis Morissette, I'm convinced, wrote every single song specifically for Dana scott It seems like it. The more I listen. <laughs> Truly, more I'm sure. One, the first one is that this is just Scully's go to, she's raging when she's driving home from work circa 1997. Second, because also Alanis Morissette is just meant to be screamed. Oh, yeah, by women. I mean, like all the Alanis Morissette ones is going to be Scully screaming in her car, or or but it has to be the first one. Okay, alternative. I really got into this one. You ready? It's a journey. Oh, my god, really but it's a journey for and buckling whatever. up. So Mulder and Scully, they're driving, right? Yeah. They've been driving. She's super annoyed with him because he's being a smart ass. Mm-hmm. Let's say like season five. Okay. And she just decides that halfway when they're driving, she's, she's had enough. So she undoes her seatbelt. And she climbs in the back seat <laughs> while they're moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can totally see her doing that, like taking off her kicking off her shoes. He's like, what are you yeah. doing? She's like, scoot over. She like puts her hand on his head or something just to annoy. Like she like uses his head as leverage to yes. like get herself back there. <laughs> and then Mulder goes into like, oh, okay, that this is how you want it. This is how you want to play it. And he pulls over and he gets in the backseat and he just sits in the backseat with her. And she's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the song is like playing, started- is playing on the radio. That's I feel like good. it's a makeout song. It's a makeout song. It's a big makeout she- song. Like maybe they don't. Maybe they just make out and then they. I think that's exactly what I think. I think there's I a love lot of that. pulling. I think there's a lot of um, trying to melt into each other, but it's, it's just hot. a hot and heavy makeout. There sesh. is nothing hotter than a good makeout session. Like I, I, th- I th- and I, I think I agree, hell. and I think Dana Scully agrees also. Okay, this is called "You Make Me Feel Like Dancing" by L. <gasps> <Stop>! Sayer. <laughs> Okay, let's Hi. hear it. First of all, that song's really special to me and my mom, so that like makes my heart fuzzy. It's it's Sunday and Scully's making pancakes. Mulder's not there. Maybe he went for a run or something. So, um William's uh like 2 or 3. So he's like standing on a big step stool to like pretend to help her but he's not actually helping her she's just doing it he's like playing with a spoon and like trying to stick his hand in the bowl and shit like that um and they're bopping to this song and then it comes on the radio and so she picks him up and starts like dancing with him in the kitchen and then Mulder comes back from his run and joins them and is like comes behind her and it's all sweet and he's making faces at william and i wish i was dead that's it the thought the thought of also like just the little tiny details of like william sticking his fingers in the batter and then that ending up like on scully's neck and her hair yeah and or for, like licking him off its fingers God. oh that's such a good song Thank that you. makes me really happy okay. i love that this is called crimson and clover by joan jett This is a tough one. I'm going to break some people's hearts, but um, that song sung by Joan Jett cannot be straight. I'm sorry. Mm. So um, 100% Stella and Scully. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Our first Stella Scully. Okay, go. Like, one, like it was made for them. And so it's absolutely Stella and Scully, and they are on Stella's like $1,000 carpet ten thousand dollar carpet mm-hmm. and it's just slow and languid and s- sweaty and you know yeah you know. stella working scully like she deserves to be that's incredible can i do one more okay yeah let's do it quick please i have to it's just for you okay it's called fade into you by Star. <gasps> I love that song so much. I know. I line. love Oops. that song. Thank you. Oh my God. Um <clears throat> I feel like that one has to be. I wanna know if they're gonna our bars are gonna be the same. Okay. I'm like mimicking your your headcanon to them like with like a jukebox playing in a bar. Oh interesting. Um, but it's like it's on the run and it's um it's like the the bar is completely empty and it's just the two of them and that song comes on the jukebox and and it's very cinematic okay can you let me have i know it has to be cinematic because then we get the imagine coming out into your hallway and seeing your neighbor (laughs) doing this the bartender's just like (laughs) the bartenders are like what the fuck but cleaning the dishes like Jesus Christ. So like okay. forehead to forehead. <laughs> so if that ruins it, then imagine it's like a crowded bar, or whatever. Okay. Um, but I like I'm I'm picturing it like shots. Very cinematic. Like, yeah, I like, agree. Like you're watching it on your screens. I agree. That comes on and she it's because it's like after all the Williams stuff and like it's mm-hmm. so she's so traumatized and upset on the run. And so it's like that fueled with just like so much love. Mm-hmm. Like and they slow dance and uh, <laughs> I love that song. That was so nice. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't have another one for you. No, why? That's okay. I wanted to do. I wanted to do three. I couldn't pick just two. Okay. Mine for mine for that one is definitely some first time or um, revival, like after a long time. The oh, first yeah. time after a long time. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, that was the episode. I have so much fun doing that. I'm so happy that like a fair amount of people like it. If you, I, know, t- I think only one person voted on our poll. Percentage sure like one person said cute but not the best. So to you, I am truly sorry. We We're sorry. Up. Yeah, but like you get a really fun playlist out of us doing this. So. Yeah. So that's rad, and you get to recommend songs. So if like, if if they choose the song, send us send us some tunes. And also, like, feel free to not send, be send us. I doing you too. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck you too. First of all, second of all, the even if you want to send us something funny, yeah, like all star. <laughs> If you send us the Spotify link in our Curious Cat, it won't show us what it is until we click on it. So we can wait and click on it together like, and then it'll be a surprise when you send it. If you want to. You can also just send us the name. That worked too. Um, And the link to our Curious Cat is in our link tree, which is in our bio on our social media, which is the at the Sex Files pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening. We love you you fucking rad um watch out for dangling feet in your hallways <laughs> apparently <laughs> <laughs> and have a great day we'll see you next time on the sex